Gotta love the islands. Wow, that was loud. Uh, my wife and I, as, as he said, we've spent 33 years in the Pacific Islands and the, and the, and the bugs and the lizards and the, all that stuff, they're real. And um, you just got to love it. And we pray for the Pateau there in the Vanuatu. We spent uh, a number of years in, in the Guam, Marshall Islands, Solomon Islands, which is on the west side of Vanuatu. And then we spent our last uh, eight years in Fiji, which is on the right side. And if you see Fiji water in the restaurant or in the grocery store, it does come from Fiji. Wow. Yes, it does. So when you drink it, you have some of that DNA from Fiji in you, and you can say, Bula Vanaka Bakalevu. <laughs> Fiji power. Fiji power. Um, is, is there anyone here from Kenya? I just got a text on ESPN. The Kenyan won the New York Marathon. <laughs> they are runners. Wife, I'm assuming they run quick, so wives have to really run hard. Yep. Yeah, you, to catch them. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, if you have that, uh, that PowerPoint up, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, as my, as, we, as uh, Pastor Rennie said, and thank you so much for allowing us to be part of this, uh, part of your missions week. Um, we appreciate it very much. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to come up. My wife would come up, but I know we're short on time, and she would, she would say a few words, but I'll say them for you. Hello. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> That's a miracle. <laughs> I have a question for you. How do you spend your time? How do you spend your time? did a survey a couple years ago, and uh, just some funny, uh, some funny things about how we spend our time, and if you want to go click through those, the average person spends 25 years sleeping. I don't know, is that on? Okay. 10.3 years or more working. Women spend 17 years trying to lose weight. They're picking on you women. One year deciding what to wear and 1.5 years doing hair. Man, I don't have it. I don't have to spend any time. I don't even spend any money on shampoo anymore. It's great. And my wife took my hairbrush away from me about five years ago. Why? <laughs> We spend about three, point, three and two-thirds years eating, 2.5 years cooking. We spend about 1.5 years in the bathroom. The Pateaus and other missionaries will spend it a lot more because of the stuff we have to eat and the bugs that happen because of that. You laugh out loud about 290,000 times in your lifetime. We walk about 110,000 miles. If you live in an Asian capital such as uh, Manila or Bangkok, you have two hours per day in traffic, maybe you do it here in Boston, I don't know, or spend over 20 days per year just in crazy old traffic. You spend 14 days, adult kids, if you don't look at this one, in kissing, if you do kiss, kiss mommy and daddy, up to at least 33, amen? <laughs> then you can kiss somebody else, maybe. We drink about 12,000 cups of coffee, and the, finally, the average American spends probably about nine years watching TV. Just some statistics about, the, about ways we as Americans spend our time. But if you have your Bible, I'm going to turn to this scripture, and I think it's up there. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 10. And it says this, and Isaiah is speaking to his people. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise 
in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will just uh, speak to us, Lord, through this, this verse and the, and the importance of spending ourselves, Heavenly Father. Be with my lips and be with, and I pray your Holy Spirit to manifest itself through my lips to hear to these hearers, Lord, to cause them to, to consider spending themselves for the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it really mean to spend yourself? I want to just talk a couple, just share a couple uh, things with you. I want to tell, talk to you about three ways that you and I can spend ourselves. First, we can spend ourselves by answering the call of Jesus. If we've all accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we've answered the first call of coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and accepting him, that transforming power. And then there's another call of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That at the time when, when the Lord is just ministering to you in such a way that you, you speak out in tongues, the initial evidence, and with that, just like the disciples and those 120 men and women that were in the upper room, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, something happened and they received power and they could not contain that power of the Lord in their lives through the Holy Spirit and it caused them to what? To scatter, to go into the outermost parts of the world. And because of their scattering, because of what they did many, many thousands of years ago, you and I are sitting here today and we still are called to go as the Holy Spirit shares with us and it, as the Holy Spirit prompts us to go into different areas where it takes us. The first call then is to follow me. Follow me. Me alone, no one else. Him first and him only. This is his call. The call that the disciples heard. There is also a follow me to those who are unreached and forgotten. I'm going to be using that word forgotten. It's amazing how... Um, is he here? Yeah, he was talking about the forgotten. We know that the unreached are those people who have never heard. There are many places, millions and millions of people have never heard. We have several island nations in our own, in the area that we have, and I, that brochure shows you those little green places that, where, we, where we've served for the past 33 years. We have a lot of religion in the islands, lots of religion, but very little relationship. And I can get, say that that would be the same thing here in the United States. We have a lot of religion, but no relationship. So be relational to Jesus Christ and with others. And then there are those who are forgotten. Who are they? Those are people who are overlooked. We might not even be aware of them. And the neglected, the ignored, the marginalized, the discarded. Let me give you an example of this. We have a missionary from Thailand who, his name was um, Al Johnson, and he was speaking in a church in Seattle, Washington, which is his home district. And while he was, he was driving into that church on a Sunday morning, and right across from that large church, there was a huge park. And in that park, as he was driving by, he saw a bunch of men, brown skin, white uniforms, playing cricket. He knew what the word was. He, he knew what they were playing because he'd seen that in other places. Went into the service, preached, and after the service, the Lord just prompted him to, to ask, some of the people that were, as he was greeting them, he said, he said to them, what sports do you see being played in that, that park over there? Well, they named basketball, flag football, football, tennis, 
everything except for cricket. After the service, the pastor and his wife took him out to a, to a restaurant, and he asked the same question to that pastor. He said, Pastor, what sports? And as they were driving to that restaurant, they went right in front of the church again. There was the park, and those guys, you know, cricket can go forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It never ends. I don't understand it. But they shoot ducks or something like that. I know there's ducks in there. But um, they were there playing, and he went to the restaurant, and he said, Pastor, what sports do you see when you drive by that park, which is right across from your church? And he named the same thing, basketball, football, baseball, softball. And he said, at that moment, when he was talking to a group of us missionaries, he said, at that moment, I realized that this is an Assembly of God church, and they don't even see a people group that are probably lost, most likely Hindu, and they're right across from the church, and they do not see them. And that really spoke to us. What do we see in our communities? There are a lot of forgotten people. And often we think of those who are poor and homeless, the drug addict, those type of people. In Japan, less than 1% of the Japanese are Christian, but one of the wealthiest nations in the world. The wealthy are overlooked too, are forgotten. Those doctors, those nurses, um, if they make a lot of money, lawyers, politicians, it doesn't matter. There are people that are in our communities that we walk by and we do not see them. Jesus said, follow me in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12. He said, I have come for the sick, the forgotten, not the well. Have we overlooked the marginalized, the forgotten, the forgotten right where we live? I would pray that the Holy Spirit open our eyes to see those people around us. We rush around. We are, um, this church is amazing. I want to say, I don't know how many of you are are natural-born Americans, but we Americans are in a rush all the time. Can we smile at people? Can we say hi? On the bus, the, 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 the railway, or at work, or that person that we, at the, at the grocery store, just a nice word, a smile. May they see Jesus through us, but we've got to be intentional and share Jesus with them. Maybe not bashing them over the head with the Bible because that's not going to work, but building relationship, people. It all comes down to relationship, even in your community, the people that you rub shoulders with, even sometimes in our homes, which are sometimes the hardest if they're unsaved. But we must realize that God has called us to the lost. Secondly, you can spend yourself by denying yourself and taking up that cross. Follow me. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus tells us very clearly that it's not enough just to follow him, but we must deny ourselves and take up that cross. This, friends, is not a tiny hunger for righteousness, but it's a ravenous passion to follow Jesus. Uh, we used to sing a song out of uh, Psalms 42, verse 1. It says, as the deer pants for the streams of water so my soul pants for you. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean really, really thirsty. We have a group of islands in the central Pacific 
They're called kitabas. They're in the, actually the four hemispheres. If you could get those little atolls together, they could, they're about the size of Washington, D.C., if you could squeeze those little islands all into one group. But they, are, they love fishing. But many times they'll go out fishing, and sometimes they'll, their boat, the engine will stop. They don't take spares. Why? It's, it, we're in the islands. We don't worry about the what if. They just don't. And many times, uh, some of them just, they get stranded and they drift for miles and miles and days and days. The longest is at least over 200 and some days without, without um, being lost at sea. And this one, guy, this one group, they were lost at sea, about three of them. They live on fish, of course, rain when it rains. And they found out, these are experts in, in sea life, they found out if you, if you can catch a turtle, there's a lot of water in their turtle's blood. So they survived. But once they were found, it says that they immediately, they wanted water. They wanted water. But the, the people that were watching them said if we gave them too much water, they would literally drown themselves. That is the ravenous need for water. And Christian, you and I should be, should be uh, just pouring our hearts out and say, we need to reach people. We need to reach our loved ones. We read the need, need to le- reach that person that's, that is next door to us. Deny myself what? Maybe it's that cup of coffee. Maybe it's giving of our time to serve. Maybe pray. Maybe even go. Go, that's a scary word. Doesn't mean going around the world, but it might. But it means going next door to the desk next to you, talking with the clerk at the store. Denying yourself, friends, is stepping out of our comfort zone. That's where it's at. We get comfortable. And doing something that maybe you've never done, but we're doing it for the name of Jesus because he has called us to those around us. To children, family, friends, aging parents. We can reach those that are forgotten right in our communities or we can go to places like in Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu, and the Solomon Islands, which is where we spent some time, where they have never, and the Potos are there, and some of those little remote islands where they've never heard the name of Jesus one time. Denying yourself may never take you out of the country, but then again it might. Praise the Lord. We're calling for more missionaries. We need more missionaries. And we thank you that you are supporting missionaries. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is so important. Thirdly, you can spend yourself through sacrificial service right here, right where you are at. 2 Corinthians 12, 15 says this, And this is Paul speaking about sacrificial service. And I will gladly spend and be spent for you. In the NIV it says this. So I will gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. So why do we take teams, healthcare teams? Why do we take missionaries to Vanuatu? Asking asking you to support missionaries to the Solomons, to Papua New Guinea, to the interior of Fiji which is sometimes it's five-star hotels, but places where they do not have running water and electricity and people there that are dark in sin. Half that population is Indian that were brought over as indentured servants during right at the end of the century, last uh, century in the 18s and early 1900s to work in the sugarcane factories. They're all Hindu except for 1%, 80-some thousand are Muslim, but some of them have never heard the name of Jesus one time. We spend ourselves because we do it gladly because that's what the gospel calls us to do. Sacrificial service, taking up that cross, 
following it in different areas. Your pastor, the leadership of this church can't do it all. You guys, you as members of this church are reaching out into your community, taking that gospel, living that gospel, sharing that gospel in our schools, in our, in our areas of work. This is called sacrificial service, being allowing the Lord to use you in whatever way. That unreached forgotten that you see on that brochure, is no, it's not a tagline. It's just not a bunch of group, a nice group of words or a logo. It's the passion and the heartbeat of our missionaries in the Pacific and Asia Pacific. Paul's attitude of dedication and commitment of love to those he was trying to reach is an example of all of us as Christians, followers of Jesus, to reach the lost via love no matter what the cost. Spend yourself. It is an example of a love that a father has for its children or its child. It's a love ready to be sent for the utmost sake of another. A love that does not think of itself more than it does other people but genuine concern for those under its care. And if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says that there is nothing in return but the response of their hearts to Christ. Seek that first, allowing the Lord to share through you the love of Jesus Christ. And so this is what it's all about. People turning their hearts to Jesus Christ because of the love that he has shown us first. Jesus said this, they will know that we are Christians, and you know the end, by our love. Do we love people? Lord, help me to love people. And sometimes help me to love those in my own family. They're the hardest. Amen? Come on. We know. We're living that personally in our own lives with our oldest son. We pray for him, love him unconditionally. It's not serving, but we know that the Lord has promised us that we will see him at one point turning to the Lord. And so you love. You love because he loved us first. James Calvert says this. Um, James Calvert was a Wesleyan Methodist missionary. He left England along with his wife, Mary, in 1838 the islands of Fiji. When they arrived at the boat there in London, the captain said this. He tried to turn them back, and this is what he said. You are going to lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go among those savages. And in response, Calvert said this. We died before we came here today. That sacrificial service spending themselves to the max. Aubrey and Lou Page were pastors in central, uh, the central part of the United States, and they heard about the Azusa Street revival in the early 1900s, and they went to that revival. And while they were there, separately and separately, separate different occasions, they were both filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, the Lord called them to Fiji. Now, they had no clue where Fiji was. They went back to their family in the central part of the United States, got their three children, packed their belongings, went to the western coast, San Francisco, and from there got on a whaling boat. And around 1913, 
and went to the island of Fiji. They were there about a year, later in 1914, and news traveled slow. It does still go slow in some places in the islands. But of course, there was always boat mail. And they received a letter from one of their people, one of their uh, friends, who said that there, there was a new uh, church grow- that had, was growing, a new fellowship, and of course it was the Assemblies of God that came out of the Azusa Street revival, and it became a, a certified Assembly of God organization in 1914. And when they heard that, and they said, we're Pentecostal, the Assemblies of God we know now as Pentecostal, they wrote a letter Ask, send it to the to their to the people in, in somewhere in Springfield. There was we're we're not sure where exactly it went, but the letter went to some of the leadership, and they were asking if we could be part of this new this new um, this new work. And the leaders there in, in in about 1915 they got this letter and they wrote a letter back. And so in 1916 they got this letter back, Lou and Aldry saying, "We are going to be our first missionaries to the assembly of uh, the assemblies of God to Fiji." We will pray for you. You are part of the membership, and may the Lord bless you. About a year later, they got sick, and both of them died of typhoid, leaving their three children. Through a bunch of process and and things, they were able to bring their children back. But in 1928, another missionary came, and through the 30s and through the 40s, and through the 50s and through the 60s and 70s, missionaries came and served from the Assemblies of God of the United States. It grew that church. Many people got saved. When we were there, we left there in 19, or 2014, 2015. We were able to turn that Bible school back over to the national church, which, which all missionaries should, we should lose our jobs, work our ways out of certain jobs at times. We were able to turn that Bible school over and we left that, that nation. Praise the Lord. The blood, sweat, and tears of missionaries that have gone before us who have spent themselves sacrificially in Fiji. I can tell you now that today that there are over 4, 400 churches sending missionaries. Let me say that again. It's the first nation in the Pacific. It is sending missionaries around the world. It's come full circle. But somebody had to go the Calverts back in the 1830s. Lou and Albert Page lost their life, died in that, in that country, but they spent themselves, and that's what I'm asking you to do, whatever that means for you, spend yourself for the cause of Jesus Christ. We can do it. You can increase the numbers in your church, but it's going to take patience. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to take time but most importantly, it's going to take the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just bless these people. Bless this church coming from nationalities all around the world. This This is a missions church, Heavenly Father. This is what heaven's going to look like. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But help us to realize the importance of spending ourselves for those around us that we might not even see. Open our eyes to those around us. May we be able to touch somebody in love. Maybe we can share with them in love, Heavenly Father. Those that are on the street, those that are in foster care, those little kids, Lord, there's millions of them and millions of them. 
do we see the need, that drug addict or that rich person that might be working in a corporation, that lawyer, that politician, they need Jesus also. But help us to share the gospel, to spend ourselves in these last days. I ask it in your precious name. Amen.